Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Whew. We made it to another new year, this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. I yeah, that's everybody right. Everybody out there is safe and sane, especially after the New Year's parties that you may or may not have attended. Uh, yeah, well, it, we're, we are in a new year, and we the Right Spokane Perspective, and all you listeners out there, you've obviously survived 2022 because you're listening to the show. You yeah, made absolutely. it to 2023, and so, yeah, uh, many of us uh, made it through that year, maybe not so unscathed, but Mike made it through that year, and now he's a year older <laughs> no doubt because you're a new year's baby so yep. everybody else celebrates new year's you celebrate your birthday right yep we sure do so mike made it another year well what else have we made it into so most of the coverage we have today is actually last year's news finishing off the year of media boondoggles if you will oh yeah you betcha but before we go there how about a little bit of a prayer to usher in the year 2023 please bow your heads folks Father God, thank you for bringing us into the year 2023. We surrender all that concerns us into your mighty hands this year. Please take absolute control of our lives, Lord. Please grant us divine speed and success this year in Jesus' name. Lord, don't let us lose any of our loved ones this year. Please keep and protect everyone connected to us by your power in Jesus' name. Father, please use us for your glory this year, more than ever before, in Jesus' name. Lord, any evil that may have been programmed into this year, please take them far away from my loved ones and I. Father, this year, please open our ears to hear you clearly at all times. Let us grow closer to you and let your presence be with us at all times. Lord, please breathe on our finances. We will not spend money on ailments, court cases, funerals, and the likes in Jesus' name. Father, please open great doors for us this year. Let all our efforts yield great results again in Jesus' name. In the year 2023, we decree that you will favor us. All things will work for our good this year in Jesus' name. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, of course, we don't want any loved ones to die. We never do. But currently, we don't want any loved ones to die because we know that most of their life's work will end up going to the government. Oh, you bet. And, you know, when I say I will not spend any money on ailments, court cases, funeral, and the likes, folks, all I'm saying there is, Lord, help us to keep watch over what it is that we are doing financially this year, for sure. Yeah, well, You've we're going to have to be heard me issue that warning that things are going to get a little ugly this year. Don't know when it's going to happen, but well, it's, just it's a continu- definitely a good thing to batten down the hatches. It's just a continuous slide with, you know, the inflation and the financial numbers. And, of course, you know, the, the passing of the omnibus bill we know is going to cause uh, more inflation and probably another rise in uh, interest rates. Yeah. And for all all of those church going folks i definitely want to issue an acknowledgement and appreciation because i'm telling you what church is hard i got a little something here for you to further explain now church is hard for the person walking through the doors afraid of judgment it is hard for the pastor's family who is under the microscope of an entire body church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home broken and battered by the world 
It is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together but doesn't. It's hard for the couple who fought the entire ride to church. It is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families. It's hard for the widow and the widower with no invitation to lunch after service. It's hard for the deacon with an estranged child. It's hard for the person singing worship songs overwhelmed by the weight of the lyrics. It's hard for the man insecure in his role as a leader. It's hard for the wife who longs to be held by a righteous man. It's hard for the nursery volunteer who desperately longs for a baby to love. It's hard for the single woman and single man praying God brings them a mate. It's hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter ashamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for sinners. It's hard because on the outside, it all looks shiny and perfect. Sunday best in behavior and dress. However, underneath those layers, you find a body of imperfect people, carnal souls, selfish motives. But here is the beauty of church. Church isn't a building, mentality, or expectation. Church is a body. Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in fellowship as saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by eternal love. Church is a holy ground where sinners stand as equals before the throne of grace. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is a converging of confrontation and invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a bearer of burdens and a giver of hope. Church is a family, a family coming together, setting aside differences, forgetting past mistakes, rejoicing in the smallest victories. Church, the body and the circle of sinners turned saints, is where he resides, and if we ask, he is faithful to come. So even on the hardest days of church, the days when I'm at odds with a friend, when I fought with my husband because we're late once again, when I walked in bearing burdens heavier than my heart can handle, yet masking the pain with a smile on my face, when I've worn a scarlet letter under the microscope, when I've longed for a baby to hold or fought tears as the lyrics were sung, when I've walked back in afraid and broken after walking away, I'll remember God has never failed to meet me there being church. God, that's so good, man. <laughs> yep, God is good and the grace that is, is so uh, good. abounding. And uh, we definitely, uh, you know, you look at all of those lists of individuals and of course there's a, a, a lot more that you could add to the list. Oh, you bet. Brokenness that the world has handed us brokenness that Satan is happy with. But of course we are not. And our society and our culture are now in a position where our government's mandating basically the glorification of human depravity. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can turn away from that this year. Hopefully we can maybe see more people in the church or creating new churches or, you know, finding groups that they belong to that are going to be healthy, spiritually uplifting, because the, the human depravity that I I see happened last year, you know, obviously it was, it was sponsored and subsidized by the government and taxpayers. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of churches, we decided we were going to say that we're turning the other cheek, but really what we were doing was turning away from the mission that, that Christ has given all of us in not just evangelizing, but also speaking the truth mm -hmm. and, and not being tolerant 
Right. I don't remember seeing tolerance in the Bible for peacemakers. Yeah, <laughs> instead of peacekeepers. So right. yeah, we got to be the, those peacemakers this year. And you know, understand we're all broken. Nobody gets to be perfect. The judgment that happens in the church needs to go away because there is only one ultimate judge, and we should leave that up to him. And we should start solving the broken culture we live in. Absolutely, man. And very, very well said at that for sure. Well, uh, another update here, unfortunately. Fortunately, we don't have an update, but we can assume that the 11 statewide initiatives ended up getting turned into the Secretary of State's office. We're keeping an eye on the wire, so to speak, in the event that we can come up with a press release and things to that effect from the folks that comprise letsgowa.com. Yeah, let's go Washington. We'll definitely be reporting that to you as we get it for sure. All of those signatures are being counted and verified, and we're just going to have to see, you know, which initiative initiatives made it through. I'm really hoping to see all 11. Oh, that would be just absolutely so, amazing, uh, man. You know, that that process is ongoing. That's a process that takes some time. Mike, you've got some experience with oh, that. Yeah. Even though the deadline to get those things in was December 19th for yep. the organization to have time to put them together, the state's going to be reviewing those and looking over those to qualify those initiatives, what, till the end of January? Yes. Well, it all depends on how long it's going to take in order to count them. And because you've got 11 different initiatives, and let's just assume that all of them ended up garnering the minimum required amount of signatures to put them over the threshold all 11 ended up getting turned in and uh, you know i mean it previously would take roughly about a week per initiative in order to get that done but if the secretary of state had any consideration for the citizens that they represent then they obviously would be hiring in a bunch more people and they would assign teams to the various 11 different initiatives, initiatives yeah. to see about getting them counted. So, well, because right now the initiative process is one of the few mechanisms that us Washington citizens have for direct have democracy to, anymore. To, well, not just direct democracy, but to, you know, hold the, I mean, obviously corrupt Olympia yep. accountable. And of course we see that the Inslee Ferguson regime is looking at not only stealing more of our money, because it's not taxes, it's theft, it's legalized plunder is what it is. Mm -hmm. And they want to take that money and go after their, their own citizens, not just for more taxes, but also go against uh, our Second Amendment right, take away more of our gun rights, take away more of our freedoms. Yeah, and well, we definitely know that that's what Inslee and Ferguson has got on their agenda right now. Yep. Oh, I mean, go, they've been talking about it for a whole week. Right, and go soft on crime. Yeah. They want to go uh, Continue to go on soft on crime. Continue to go aliens yep, coming illegally. into our state. And soft taking, on drugs. Yep. You know, but they're they're definitely going to want to get hard on you. <laughs> yeah, whacking us with a stick again. You bet. First headline, ladies and gentlemen, more overreach. Pre-filed bill would require owners to register rental property with the state. This hails out of a Gray's Harbor newspaper, folks. A bill has been pre-filed for the upcoming Washington State Legislative Session that would require owners to register their rental properties with the state. Now, didn't we just talk about a bill that would require landlords to register their tenants to vote? Yeah. And now now we're we're talking about a bill to go after landlords to create more paperwork and a more of a burden on landlords basically creating a whole new bureaucratic program. Yes. And and so this is going to cause, we just talked about homelessness at the end of the year. We talked about people couldn't afford housing. They can't afford to buy a house, much less 
rent a place. We've got, you know, the cost of living just skyrocketing. And the government continues to do things like this that just adds costs to housing. Yeah. Now, the senators introducing the bill say that the availability of affordable housing is a constant concern and introducing a database of all property in the state available for rent and the price per month would help find housing. This is Senate Bill 5060, and it would require landlords to register, then update the status of their rental units every two years with the Department of Commerce. So you got a program that's going to be in the Department of Commerce. It's also going to have ties to legislative oversight so they can kind of tweak the program as it goes. It's probably also going to have the cost of the, in the data collection aspect of it. It's going to either they're going to have a third party do it or they're going to have to have the Secretary of State, some kind of auditing type entity to maintain the database. Those are all that's all huge costs. They are. And who's going to pay those costs? Well, it's going to be the people that can't afford the housing already <laughs> there you go man that's exactly the way it's going to roll out too <laughs> and, and, and they're probably what are they going to use some of the property taxes from the people that are paying in to the state tax coffers to do this i, I just think it's it's absurd we need bills coming from olympia that's going to reduce the cost of government on citizens already struggling but uh, we're gonna have to take a break we're going to come right back with some more news uh, at all levels don't go anywhere to our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. A lot of your beef comes from Brazil, Africa, and <clears throat> China. Bet you didn't know that. The Spokane County cattlemen know that, and they are the ones advocating for country of origin labeling on the meat that we buy and feed to our families. Find them on Facebook right now. That burger you just got at your favorite drive-thru has over a thousand different DNAs in it. Well, you may want to consider buying from local producers. And in other words, folks, buy locally. The Spokane County Cattlemen are on Facebook and are there to advocate for you, educate and inform you on what's happening in the global and local meat industry. With today's Corona-controlled society, the shopping restrictions and possible rationing, making sure that your family doesn't experience food insecurities should be our top priority. You can do your part. Be secure. Buy from local growers and producers. The Spokane County Cattlemen know this and are here to help you. Find them on Facebook right now. Welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining Mike and Tim on. We made it through a new year this Monday episode here on Right Spokane Perspective. All right. Yeah, I know, Tim. You know, it's kind of interesting. I didn't see the requirement in that pre-filed bill there for registering your tenants to vote. So I'm kind of wondering, right. well, I mean, if that bill. was just a Spokane City Council-centric thing, did they fall off of the liberal narrative coming from the Democrat-controlled legislature? What's going on? Right, because that was the city government that wanted yeah. 
landlords to register their tenants to vote. So obviously at the state level, they're not And you know what? Not only were they going to have to register them, but uh, they were also going to have to provide the postage. Oh, wait a minute. We already do that. No, we already do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We already provide the postage. Uh, So obviously the state government wasn't going to go that far with their mandate on landlords, but you know, it it sounds innocent enough that the state government's going to create a registry of houses Mm -hmm. uh, and rentals and apartments and things so that people can find housing but so we want this government clearing house of oh well i got to go look for a place to rent uh what kind of neighborhood do i want to live in where do i work so basically people don't have to work at finding a place to live you know this is like a subsidized government program so people don't have to think for themselves they don't have to look for a place to live they don't have to make decisions about you know should I live close to where I'm going to work? Maybe maybe this list isn't even for that. Maybe this list is just for government subsidized housing. Yeah, maybe that's why they be. want to create this list is because then the bureaucrats in the uh, social safety net, if you will, the hammock yeah. that we've created in Washington state, those folks don't have to go out and look in the private sector for a place to live and then ask the government to subsidize it. The government can just streamline it and say, here's your house. Yeah, you betcha, man. So the guy, you know, because that's eventually what the government wants to do because all of these leftists that control Olympia are on par with the idea of you'll own nothing and you'll like it. it. You'll love it, love it, love it. You'll own nothing (laughs) and you'll like it, yeah. All right, your next headline. This comes from MoneyWise, folks. The U.S. surpasses $31 trillion in debt. This is made worse by rising interest rates. And here we go. If you find it hard to wrap your head around... It basically boils down to $98,000 of debt for every person in the country, according to Peter G. Peterson Foundation. And with the dramatic rise in interest rates over the past few months, the Fed's funds rate target is currently between four and a quarter and four and a half. The national debt will be growing at a rate that makes it even harder to ignore. Interest rates are a major problem, says Philip Braun, clinical professor of finance at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management. The Treasury finances the debt with a lot of short-term borrowing. It'll push for other budgetary items out. The average home insurance policy is nearly 40% higher than it was 12 years ago. Millions of Americans are struggling to crawl out of debt in the face of rising rates. And... A deficit is what happens when the government spends more money in a fiscal year when it brings in through taxes. In the last couple of years, that has been expensive. Several large bills with hefty price tags have been approved since the start of the pandemic, including the American Rescue Act, which costs $1.9 trillion, and $750 billion for student debt relief, all adding to the deficit, which then adds to the debt. And though the Inflation Reduction Act, which was passed in August, is expected to reduce the deficit by $240 billion only, policies and programs brought in by the Biden administration are expected to add trillions more over the next decade. Yeah, well, how about that $1.7 trillion that we were talking about that got passed right before Christmas? We're now, instead of looking at a little over $31 trillion, we're now looking at pretty close to $33 trillion, folks. Now, excessive borrowing will lead to continued inflationary pressures, drive the national debt to a new record as soon as 2030. 
and triple federal interest payments over the next decade or even sooner if the interest rates go up faster or more than expected. Man, oh, man. Well, and if raising the interest rates, it does. Uh, and, you know, the, the feds, they don't get a special interest deal, man. You know? Well, I mean, to some extent, I think that they, they've got a larger market to take advantage of. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where obviously interest rates rising is good for some groups like yeah. banks, people who have invested in banks, people that, you know, buy up, you know, in huge blocks, mortgages of people that are, by the way, already underwater in their mortgage. I, mean, I think oh, it was yeah. last year it was like a, a majority of people that bought houses will be underwater in their mortgage because yes. the cost of housing exactly. uh, is higher than what it really should be. It was, you know, kind of falsely inflated. And then of course they've got the interest rates that there, there's going to be people walking away from those houses. And uh, I, I guess we're going to see if there's a new bubble that happens this year because of uh, the housing crisis. Yep. You betcha. All right, your next headline, ladies and gentlemen. Europe's $1 trillion energy bill only marks the start of the crisis. High prices could last years, and aid is becoming unaffordable. Relief on global gas markets isn't expected until 2026. 2026? Wow, yeah. that's uh, that, that's a lot. According to AOC, isn't the world going to end by then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's four years later. Oh, four years later. Yeah, okay. something like that. Well, at least or, we'll have, or wait a minute, didn't she say ten years? Th- and how many years thought, ago was that? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, we'll have cheaper gas when the world's almost over. Yeah, there you go. I think that that's at least in Europe. <laughs> anyway, Europe got hit by roughly one trillion dollars from surging energy costs in the fallout of Russia's war with Ukraine, and the deepest crisis in decades is only getting started. After this winter. The region will have to refill their gas reserves with little to no deliveries from Russia, intensifying competitions for tankers of the fuel. Even with more facilities to import liquefied natural gas coming online, the market is expected to remain tight until 2026, when additional production capacity from the U.S. to cater becomes available. That means no respite from high prices. And don't forget, folks, you know, about a week or so ago, Tim and I brought you some coverage with regard to the Saudi Arabians now owning the largest oil refinery in the United States. So you want to talk about those guys having a finger on the go button for well, United they, States energy? The, oh, oh yeah. they, sure do. they sure do. Well, and they just made big deals with China, the Saudi Arabian leader. Yeah. So uh, we could see American energy, uh, not just all the coal that we see on the trains going around Spokane here, going to China, but also uh, oil and refined oil going to China through uh, the Saudi Arabian deal because American leaders are just not making good deals. That's right. Now, while governments were able to help companies and consumers absorb much of the blow with more than $700 billion in aid, according to the Brussels-based think tank Bruegel, a state emergency could last for years. With interest rates rising and economies likely already in recession, the support that cushioned the blow for millions of households and businesses is looking increasingly unaffordable. Okay, once you add everything up, the bailouts, the subsidies, it is a ridiculously large amount of money, according to Martin Devenish, the director of a consultancy, SRM. It's going to be a lot harder for governments to manage this crisis next year. We're talking about this year, folks. 
government fiscal capacity is already stretched. About half of the European Union member states have debt exceeding the bloc's limit of 60% of the gross domestic product. The roughly $1 trillion calculated by Bloomberg from market data is a broad tally of more expensive energy for consumers well, and companies. They're, they're just going to have to go to the EU and, you know, expand their their ability to borrow, just like we keep raising the debt limit here in the United States. Let's just borrow more. Oh, yeah. Big time, that's, man. That's the Western way of destroying Western countries. Just keep borrowing. <laughs> and printing money. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to be destroyed by your, you know, opponents right from other countries you and by the way your, your money invaded. doesn't have to be backed by anything right just it could more. just be fiat money unicorn yeah. flatulence yes yeah as Mo you love to call it yeah modern monetary theory so we're going to keep on uh, seeing europe do that and of course we're subsidizing europe i mean don't we have money oh, heck that yeah, we, send, we do send to europe yeah and, and it's kind of weird that we're bailing out other countries all the time when we don't have any money I know, isn't that? Yeah, we just keep borrowing it from the Chinese, man. Well, and, and Japan. Japan's got a big chunk, too. I, I think at this point in time, we probably uh, are saying that uh, we're borrowing money from Mars. <laughs> there you go. All right, your next headline, ladies and gentlemen. This is more or less a PSA, a public service announcement. It's definitely some good news. A blood test that screens for multiple cancers at once promises to boost early detection. Now, detecting cancer early before it spreads throughout the body can be life-saving. This is why doctors recommend regular screening for several common cancer types using a variety of methods. Colonoscopies, for example, screen for colon cancer, while mammograms screen for breast cancer. While important, getting all these tests done can be logistically challenging, expensive, and sometimes uncomfortable for patients. But what if a single blood test could screen for most common cancer types all at once? This is the promise of a multi-cancer early detection test, or MCED. This year, President Joe Biden identified developing MCED tests as a priority for the cancer moonshot, a U.S. $1.8 billion federal effort to reduce the cancer death rate and improve the quality of life of cancer survivors and those living with cancer. Well, I think it's kind of interesting that this article points to Biden. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm almost, I'm really, no, I'm not almost, I am. I am extremely sick of everything that humans do. Hey, Mike, when you take out the garbage tonight, you're going to have to somehow thank in a Facebook post Biden for helping you take out the trash because he subsidized some form of energy that allowed you to have the plastic and the tennis shoes to go out and, the you know, the bailout of the, I don't know, supply chain from the Biden administration that allowed you to have enough trash to take it out. I, you know, it's just that's the way these stories go. Everything is thanks to the president of the United States. No. Right. What about the people? I thought this country was about we the people. Who cares about Biden? Having, Biden has zero to do with cancer research, unless he's going to use Hunter as an example, because I'm sure, you know, all that drug use. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, you, you know, know I, I'll tell you, man, I, for one reason or another, I seem to recall seeing something that Biden was doing a month or two ago with regard to cancer and cancer patients, cancer survivors. And right. I don't know if it was just acknowledging a cancer month or if something else was going on, but in the event that Biden was out there touting this particular MCED situation and the fact 
that he's now subsidized the industry with $1.8 billion in federal but funds. He, but he didn't subsidize. They sure didn't make any big deal out of it. No, but he didn't subsidize it. The the taxpayers did. The taxpayers did, did. And, yeah. and, and the financial debt burden that we have right. subsidized it. And, and the scientists that are developing it, the, the researchers and, you know, all the people that take time out of their lives and, and go to college and go into healthcare research careers are the reason for this. I don't even know why Biden's in the article. <laughs> I mean, the science, the, the science is what's well, supposed Biden's to be important. In the, Biden's in the article because you got a left-leaning news organization that's patting him on the back. That's why. Right. And it should be about, you know, life-saving medical practices and procedures that have been created that could save a lot of lives and cure a lot of people of, of different kinds of cancers because of early detection. That should be what's important. And the main focus of the article itself, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you something, man. Media narratives, huh? Yeah. They are telling a specific story, and it's just really, really hard to get at the root, get at the truth. Everything's uh, been politicized, even cancer detection. Yes absolutely man isn't it mind-blowing <laughs> i i think it's it's disgusting disgusting okay. all right ladies and gentlemen there you go first show of the year in the can for sure all of that being said mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow Bye bye